What's up, guys? Before we get started, I just wanted to take a moment to solicit your help and your support. Sunday is my birthday, um, and I am really excited about turning another year. I'm excited about all of my friends and loved ones and listeners and everybody that supports us being there to wish me happy birthday. But this year, I want to ask you guys to help me out with something that means a lot to me. I have a friend that is suffering from lupus and she's battling lupus and she lupus has started to attack her kidneys. She's actually experiencing renal failure now and she needs um, some help and some support to get the care and the things that she needs because of course with any type of major illness and it, it comes apart it comes along it becomes like a huge financial burden so my friend my friend my good friend really good friend um, that really was there for me a lot in undergrad Kimberly Burke um, is has a GoFundMe that's set up and I just ask that if you guys when you I thank you so much I know that people are going to wish me a happy birthday or ask to uh, find what I want and what they could do to just make my day. And if what you can do and what I'm asking you to do is to go to Kimberly Burke's GoFundMe page and to uh, make a donation, the donation of anything that donation can be uh, $10. It can be a hundred dollars. I'm asking for at least $10 for everybody that does it. Um, this is going to a really good cause to help a really special person, a special friend, the web address and the link. I'll put it out on, on our social media, but it is gofundme.com backslash a dash lupus L U P U S dash battle B A T T L E. That's a dash lupus dash battle. Um, so anything that you give, I can, I really, really appreciate it. And I just thank you guys so much in advance for supporting my friend, for supporting me, for supporting brunch culture. And let's get into the show. Brunch culture. We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. about, about, about. It's about a thing. Yeah, feel real good. It's Lisa V. And it's Randall Key. And this is Brunch Culture, the show that you come to to hear everything that is up for discussion. Yes. Even Omarosa. Even unfortunate Omarosa, who, by the is way. Is an opportunist. Has, she's not an opportunist. Omarosa has been fighting for the black community for over 20 years. Isn't that what she said? She's been fighting for the black community for 20 minutes. <laughs> She's been fighting for the black community for no minutes, actually. Yo, did you see that BS interview, yo? Like, Amorosa, Amorosa. What she she reminds me of somebody I know, but she said I got a story to tell, and I was just like, for real, for real. Like, who wants to hear it though? I think she's such a nobody. We want to curse. Yeah, no, but what's interesting is she really sounds just like her her boss. It's this True. whole, like, let me do stuff, do a whole bunch of stuff that slights people and that is just real jacked up and then come out as if, like, I'm the victim and... I have a story to tell and I've been I have I've been in politics for 20 years. I Hold on, hold on. For... When, when was she in politics? 
before this she worked for i think the, it was a clinton administration okay 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 um and gotcha. i think she was a staffer for the clinton the clinton administration but she's i mean that was then this is now saying that you've been well if ryan said she's been selling cell phones before this <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you heard that i interview. remember that from um <laughs> right it was from angela rye's uh podcast yeah and angela rye <laughs> It's hilarious on CNN. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and April Ryan tried to act like, now nah, this is my thing with April Ryan. I love April Ryan, but she tried to act like she was, she, she don't. Was, right. Um, she was being real diplomatic or. Uh, but she's CNN. the one who keep putting the tea out there about what's happening. Exactly. Much she broke the story. <laughs> what, what is it going to be? You don't celebrate nobody's demise. Why are you talking you about her demise? putting it out there, yeah. We wouldn't even, Angela wouldn't even know that she lied about getting, resigning had you not put that out there. Nobody would have known about them cell phones, though. Because I'll never forget listening to and that. Then, I was like, well, it was one morning I was like in the city and I was listening. To, I almost wrecked my car from laughing because the way she kind of said it initially, she was like, well, no, she was selling cell phones. Like, said it just real casual. Like, wait, she was doing what? <laughs> and I was like, how do you sell cell phones from home? Like, who's buying them? <laughs> Who are you selling from? Are you selling those phones? You cold calling? That... You cold calling people to sell phones? selling those calm communication phones for the people, for the elderly and the people who are on um, Social Security. You know, uh, they get free cell phones. Well, I guess she is doing work for the community then. Maybe that's what she considers. She must have been doing, but you don't really have to sell them because they're free. So I don't know. I don't know. But April Ryan, I was like April. Now you started this whole thing. If you had been quiet about your a story, we wouldn't have known that she got thrown out of the White House and her her thing was deactivated. But instead, she was in the Situation Room with John Kelly, which because nothing happens in the Situation Room with HR stuff. Folk, let me tell you. Look, for real, for real. Nobody is taking you in the situation room for a resignation. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, that's just not happening. We're not, no, you know, step into the situation room. Like, come on over here. Like, she even get that clearance because she's, as April Ryan points out again, because she apparently, quote unquote, not messy, but she is messy, that she. Isn't even her office is across the street, not I mean in the other building, not in the actual White House. <laughs> Which is actually really that's so it's it's really messed up. So how did but, you get cleared to the situation? But that's what right, truthfully, so your office is located in in EOB. Which is cool. There's so many people that work for the White House that are located in EOB. Like that's cool. That's that's a that's all right. That's a, that's good. But she didn't even make it where you was at, Randall. <laughs> Folk, why are we walking <laughs> to the Situation Room? Which when she said that, I was like, okay, man, because she was like, I think before that during the interview, she said, oh, you know, ask the people where were like where are the cameras? Where's the footage? If all of this was happening, you know, somebody would have recorded video. People would have taken pictures. And in today's time, and I was like, you know what? That's actually a valid point. So I was with her. I was following. I was like, okay. All right, cool. You making, you know, you making sense. Like somebody would have recorded this if you were acting, you know, that much of a fool. Somebody would have recorded it. But then when she was like, I was actually sitting down in the situation room with John. I was like, oh, man, like you come on now. What, what another room. You you your job is you, your primary goal for being there is to reach out to the black community. Which which you in the situation room for? 
<laughs> like what? She couldn't have said his office. That would have been more believable, right? Like I would have, I, I would have believed. And she was trying to like walk away from this whole because she said before, like she made it seem as if she had access to the Oval. Like she literally could just walk into the Oval um, at any time, no matter what happened. Like that's what she made it seem like. Okay, so then why didn't you go? And meet with this this person that you had this personal relationship with. Why didn't you go meet with him? Or why you just didn't like, hey, look, can we have, let's have a meeting somewhere else. Like, we, they're going to call a meeting in the situation room just so that you can resign. All right, folk. Like, you lying. Like, I can't, I can't really believe you. And somebody said, like, the situation room isn't always busy with military people planning. With situations. <laughs> <laughs> with actual situations. Whole Not situations. Yours. Get out of here, yeah. man. She's I, a... Opportunist. No, for real. And opportunists, I say this all the time. People are like, oh, you know, people are opportunists. Like, yo, it's good if you, like, take an opportunity to do something good. But really, you're the type of opportunities that's just, like, you're try- You're out here trying... I feel like this whole thing, she's setting up the stage so she can sell a book. That's it. The whole, like, I have a story to tell and people want to hear it. All of this stuff is just her. She's going to play the victim. She's going to play somebody that, oh, I've seen things that I did. I disagree with. And I came in thinking that I can help my community. And uh, with the, even the thing that she said uh, after Robin. Ro- blah, blah, blah. Robin. I, always, I can't think of her name. I was uh, not Williams. No, no, no. It's, it's another R, right? I think so. I always I always mess up her. Cause it's like a tongue twister for me anyway. But even after the whole like by Felicia thing, like she, she was like, that's petty. Yeah. She was like, that's petty. And she was like, it's a black woman, civil war. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yo, like, you know, what's, what's so crazy. This is the first time I heard Paris Denard and Angela Rye actually somewhat, uh, had the same thought on CNN last really? night. Yeah, Paris was like, she's never said anything about her having issues in the White House or anything to him or to any other people she, to she knows. Else. She made all this stuff up. Like, she, <laughs> she literally she literally was there because this makes me seem like I'm somebody important. I work for the White House. I'm connected to the president. Like, what have you, what have you done specifically? Like, I, I actually really wanted... Michael Strahan asked her that question like so what have you done because she you made it seem like you were you it was already your intent and plan to get through the first year that's what you wanted to do you want to be a part of the administration to be there for the first year so what were your goals did you accomplish those goals like what did you specifically do you ain't do nothing folk like you literally was here for a resume builder for the ability to say that I was a special assistant to the president and I was in the White House. Congratulations. Like, yo, what are you talking about? Yeah. And it's crazy. You remember when she said all of these people have to bow down to President Trump? And who's bowing now? <laughs> <laughs> yo, she's uh she is She's a piece of work. Of a uh, huge piece of work. It's she's actually... coming back to Jacksonville. Wait, so she gonna be living in Jacksonville? I think so, because her husband lives uh, here. Uh, the church is here. She's here all the time on the weekends. Um, she was just at the Jaguar game on Sunday. So, so unfortunate. Right before she got fired. Um, 
Saying well, she has to come in our town. Hopefully, she don't get involved in our city politics because that's the last thing we need. Be, I was gonna say we got a, we got enough crooks and <laughs> wannabes. We don't need anybody else. <laughs> I don't think nobody gonna let her in because she gonna ruin her rep with people with Republicans. She already ruined it with Democrats, but she gonna ruin it with Republicans if she come out against Donald Trump and saying like he's racist. So people aren't gonna want to hire her on either end because. Democrats don't trust them. I feel like she's towing this line though. I feel like she's really towing the line when it comes to like Donald Trump because after watching that interview, I didn't get the sense that she's upset with him or at least she's not positioning herself to say that she has a problem with him specifically. I think she's trying to make it about everybody else in the administration that she has an issue with. And I think it's because she doesn't want to piss him off and lose whatever sense of connectivity that she thinks she has. Like, I, yeah, I, he probably gonna come out with a tweet against her in a couple weeks. I think she, he said they said like something. He said like bye to her, or you're fired, or something like that. Or, or yeah, maybe he, he said goodbye. He was a good. He was like goodbye, Amrosa. Thank you for you did. But what was interesting, he didn't at her on on um Twitter. He usually adds the people. Right. Um, he didn't use her Twitter name, which is interesting. And I know she's on Twitter, so I guess he didn't. Either he doesn't follow her, or he just didn't want to add her. Um, either way, she'll probably see him again because he fired her several times, and they still kicking it. And they still she come. That's why I feel like she's not. That's a relationship that she's never going to say anything directly against him, or make it seem like he's a bad person. I think it's just kind of one of those like, yes, sir. What I got to do? You let me know, and I'll. Yeah. That I'll try to navigate this space. Yeah, she kind of like a Nico, you know. Um, <laughs> whatever you got to do. Um, <laughs> Petty Betty. <laughs> I knew that was going to take you out. Dang. <laughs> And you know I can't argue with you because um I mean I feel bad. You know no, fits, I don't feel bad for Aniko. No, man, Aniko's good. Aniko is out here like, check this, right? I understand the game and I know how the game is played. Um bruh. So yeah, yeah. I unfollowed them because I got so annoyed at Kevin Hart's new interview on Breakfast Club. I couldn't even make it through the whole thing. Everybody I just thought it was mad that. disrespectful. Yeah, everybody was annoyed by it. My my I guess the most frustrating because I didn't I haven't watched the interview. Let me preface this by saying I haven't watched the interview. So this is based off of like the clips of sound bites because I didn't watch it. So I really the, the only issue that I've had with Kevin Hart and Aniko has always been how they their response to and about Tory Hart. Honestly, if you guys are so in love and your love and your relationship didn't come out of any like ill situations when he was with toy heart then just stop talking about it yo let her go like you know what i'm saying like hey let that lady we good we got children we're co-parenting I, we've moved on we have a good healthy relationship amongst each other if she out here talking noise allegedly then let her talk noise but i feel like the only thing that i've seen is toy heart kind of being like bro like ain't nobody you know, you guys kind of taunt 
yourselves as like this perfect couple and this is your rib and all of this stuff and as if you know you ain't had nobody before okay cool that's like y'all do y'all thing i ain't saying nothing but i don't know i feel like that when the whole like little social media thing came out with nico and some fan she had something to say like oh that was started by her their relationship was messed up yada 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 he wasn't happy or whatever it was she said and then you know, Kevin Hart now is being like, oh, I got out of that situation. I'm the one that got a divorce. I didn't want to be there. It's like, well, bro, you did some other jacked up stuff while you quote while you guys were together. So just own up to that. Like just and you've already done it before. I think that's the thing. You said it before that you did cheat on her, that you weren't right. Just leave it at that. Like, yo, I was wrong then. And this time I made a mistake, but I'm trying my hardest to make amends to be a better man you know what i'm saying like you don't have to try to like put your new wife on this pedestal and down like demean your your your, your old wife your ex-wife like that's that's, that's lame bro. let that junk go yeah and it's just it was like he was like i got her on the pedestal and she didn't do anything wrong i was just bored and it was just a wild situation i went to vegas and nobody was with me my friends weren't with me and, you know, this was just a sign from God. Like you could lose everything, um, no, you know, just like the DUI. So, you know, when I leave here, I go straight home. I don't be out no more. I just go straight home because I don't want to lose nothing because, you know, my watch, that's my rib is on the pedestal. Charlamagne was like, well, how many sides you got? With <laughs> no, he said, what kind of sides you like with you your like rib? That yeah. junk was hilarious because i feel like everybody be clowning him about talking about his rib like because that's like his favorite you know his oh and and what's funny too is the last breakfast club breakfast club interview he kept talking about you know like i don't do that i'm not into that when they i think charlie may asked him about if he'll cheat again and he was like nah i'm not gonna cheat because you know my wife is everything and she's this like why what, what what's the point of me cheating what am i going to cheat for like why am i going out to get something from somebody else when my wife has everything and i was like okay foot in your mouth because then you did cheat like i just feel like it's one of those things of i was having this conversation with a friend and she was saying that she feels like they post they post themselves a lot on social media like too much and i was kind of like i feel i've and I'm starting to shift my position on people that post their relationships because it's like, you know what? That's your relationship. You should post it. I think my problem with them comes in, like I said before, like y'all can be all of these things without like knocking somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if, if Nico is really not like the side chick that quote unquote stuck, as she said, or if she really was not y'all were completely separate separated and she had nothing to do with your former relationship then just like why you keep responding to it say it once and then let it go like you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. maybe they're trying to convince themselves i think that's what it is i just <laughs> <laughs> if we keep saying it if we say it like 30 times everybody will start to believe it because i feel like nobody's believing it i think he could have got away with it if he hadn't cheated in such a public way um well, it wasn't really public. It was somebody made it public. But um, if he hadn't have done that, he might have some credibility in trying to say that. But it's like you've lost all your credibility. So all you had to say was, I cheated. That was wrong. Blah. And left it alone. And they asked about your, They asked about your ex-wife. Hey, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about it. 
I did wrong. That's it. You know, I got to live up to my mistakes. We do an investigation on the extortion. Hey, that's it. Let's talk about something else. Right, right. I'm trying to be more responsible. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Like, you really could. That's that's what I've been saying. You really could nip all of this talk about your ex-wife in the bud if you just be like, yo, like, I'm not, you know, like, I messed up. Yes, I've messed up in the past. And I'm a man. I'm not perfect. I'm still constantly always working through things. Here's a situation where I found myself in a situation that resembled who I used to be. And I, you know, I apologize for that. I became open and honest about it. I, I told the world so that people wouldn't try to like extort money from me. And then I talked to my wife and I apologize for it. And now I'm trying to move forward, but don't get into this whole, yeah. And people try to say, you know, Nico, Aniko was the other woman. She wasn't the other woman. I left my wife. I got the divorce. Bro, do you realize you can cheat on somebody and still file for divorce? Like, <laughs> that is not. The crazy thing I hated was he made it seem like it was not as bad that he cheated on Tori because that wasn't what he really wanted. Yeah. But, you know, with Aniko, it was horrible because that's his foundation. Nine years they've been building that's his wife and with kids and i'm like those heaven and uh do or whatever his name is those are not aniko's kids those are tori's kids so yeah it's i feel like, like he's, he's just trying to reconstruct this family and act like aniko had those kids <laughs> right it's just honestly it's, it's all put together and he needs to do something about that dang on stupid behind mobile game that he created because i downloaded the game and I downloaded it because I was like, oh, you know, I love, I want black people to be in tech. I want to support games. I really don't play a lot of mobile games except Words with Friends. I just started playing that. Complete side note. I just started playing it again. But um, so I was like, oh, I'll download this game and see how it is. So it kind of runs like Temple Run. Did I say, did I tell you about this before? It works yeah. like Temple Run and it's just like not, yeah, just per. Pass. Yeah, I I think he's having a hard time selling out his shows. Uh, really? He keep the only reason I say that is because I've never known him to go this hard about like Orlando. I'm coming for New Year's. Like he says that almost every day, and it seems like he would just have to say it once. You know, with his status, I wonder. You see, I'm not sure, but I'm wondering is he gonna have a problem? Are people that pressed to see him? Because he's done stand-up to me. His stand-up shows seem to be so often that people might not want to see him. You know? Yeah. Well, I it's really like he oversaturate. I feel like he's oversaturated himself in the market. But mm. I think I feel like his 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 approach is this is scandal. And using this scandal as material, he... I think he thinks that people it's almost like a guarantee that people are going to come out and people are going to want to see the show and hear what he has to say about it because they want to know what happened. They want to hear, you know, of course, I mean, not saying that people don't like him. People like Kevin Hart. You know, people think he think he's funny and hilarious and it's great. It's cool. But I think he really is banking on the fact of, well, you know what? This is this will be good material. If people know that I'm doing jokes about this scandal, then people are definitely going to come to the show because they want to hear 
the details. They want to hear what happened. They want to know what's going on. I don't it, know if it's going to work, but I just yeah, think that. Yeah, because I mean, that's how his, <laughs> his promo was, where he was like, you know, doing that. Because it's called the Irresponsible Tour, so it fits. Yeah. Because he was being irresponsible. Um, I feel bad that his wife is going to have to relive that over and over again, the whole tour. Yeah. And then a, a comedy special. I was going to say, uh, Angela Yee actually asked about that, though. Like, you know, was it tough to get her or did you ever consider like she's going to have to relive this? And he was like, nah, that's when he started talking about the whole thing from the clip that I saw. He started talking about the whole like, but I put her up here and it's not about her being yeah. bad. It's about me and my mistakes. But what to She's included the mistake. Yeah, you, but I feel like to me, it's kind of all telling of like what she cares about which is making money because <laughs> well she said he said he has to pay for that like he said it's just random days she'll bring it up and he's just like he can't say nothing or he was like we'll be driving in the car and she'll just look at me and I just act like she's not looking at me because <laughs> he's like I know she mad so I'm just I don't know if it worked for y'all by all means okay I guess I just I just, I just lost res- I lost all respect for him in that last interview, and I used to love Kevin Hart. Yeah, like, yeah. I used to work, used to go hard for him. I just I want just stop talking you. about your ex wife. That's that's my only thing. My only gripe is yo, just stop talking about it. Like, don't say nothing about it. Like, even if man and me, it's like even if we don't know the details because we don't. I'll say that all the time. We don't know the details of what happened. The school we ain't got to know. You know, we not married to we not in y'all relationship, so we don't know. That's cool, but just stop talking about it. If it's do- done and over, then it's done and over. If somebody mentioned your ex wife, be like, "Nah, we good, man. I don't want to talk about that." Or, "Nah, we good." Like, if that's what she said, oh, okay, all right, cool, bet. You know, she know what's up. I know what's up. My my current wife know what's up. We moving forward. Stop engaging in these conversations and then being like, "Oh well, I ain't want to be there." Like, come on, man, that's that's lame. Yeah. It's- Anyway, what's also lame is um, Keaton Jones. So uh, let's start off with, first off, Keaton Jones, if you guys don't know, this is the kid that was on video. I guess his mom recorded a video of him, and he is crying after being, uh, I think, like, verbally and physically bullied. And he's kind of crying and basically asking why. Why would you bully somebody? Why would you treat a person a certain way? And so... They put that video out. The video, I don't know how long it was out before it went viral, but I know I saw the first time I saw, I feel like I saw it one morning and then the afternoon it was everywhere. Um, and apparently his mom, which I didn't know this part, but his mom set up a GoFundMe, mm-hmm. which was confusing. <laughs> so you put out a video about bullying with the intent of stopping trying to raise awareness about bullying and and showing a victim of bullying and how, you know, hurtful it can be to him and him actually through his pain, trying to encourage other kids that may be being bullied, which is amazing, a great thing. And then some kind of way you need go, you have a GoFundMe and you need money to support. I don't know. I guess him be like, like, are you going to buy him something? And he, gonna feel better about being but i don't i just didn't understand the gofundme part that seemed real stupid um i didn't understand why you would put an intimate moment that you're having with your son on the world wide web if he's crying to you as a parent why did you feel the need to video that first of all and then second of all why are we putting it online 
Like they just, if he's going through bullying, I don't know if I was a parent, which I don't have children, but I I can't imagine my parents recording me crying. That seems like such an intimate moment. Right, right. Well, I mean, I think it's very. She she made this. She made the claim in the the parts of the interview that I seen her do. I think they did it on Good Morning America. She made the claim that the point of recording the video was to put it out online to raise awareness. So to kind of challenge people to to talk to their children and say, hey, you know, here is a child that is being bullied. We can we can see we can hear what he's going through. Make sure that you're having conversations with your kids to make sure that your children aren't bullying people. That makes perfect sense. Cool. What doesn't make sense is why we got to go fund me. What also doesn't make sense is apparently she made her her children post uh pose with pictures with confederate flags um she's had like anti-black comments and things to say about like black people what was interesting though is when they asked her in the interview they asked her about those photos and she says this is what bought my blood and i was like yeah i'm done so her response was those photos were meant to be funny and ironic I am not racist. We are not racist. And so what's really, but she was like, don't, we don't, I don't want those to take away the controversy around those photos to take away from the message, which is bullying is a serious thing. So hold on, wait a minute, time out. I'm supposed to be like, and this is not directed towards the kid more so as it's directed towards the parent. But like, so I'm supposed to be really sympathetic and empathetic that your child is being bullied and the people that are bullying him, they probably are saying that, Hey, I ain't mean to hurt his feelings. I'm just trying to be funny. Why? Because I think that this is funny in the same way that you say, Oh, giving kids Confederate flags and saying things about black people is supposed to be funny and ironic, but I'm not supposed to, it's okay for you to do that. And, and I say, Hey, you know, Confederate flags are offensive. They hurt, you know, they make me feel uncomfortable. They make when you showing those and, and touting those, those make it feel like I don't belong or you don't like me. And you say, Oh no, that's supposed to be funny and ironic, but your kid is getting bullied and I'm supposed to be like, Oh, okay. Well they said it's funny and ironic and I'm supposed to be like, Oh no, don't do that. Like, come on, man. That's not, yeah, no, 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 no. That's not. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not rocking with that. Like that's, that's really stupid. So I don't know. That that whole situation frustrated me. The question kind of was posed to me though was, do you think that people still should, I guess, feel sorry for or support the kid, knowing that his mom had him post like photos, or posing photos in like Confederate flags, and that his dad's a racist. What do you think? Yeah, um, I don't think he should be blamed. I mean, right. I don't know if they do decide because some people, in spite of that, still want to give to his college fund. Um, you know, just make sure you're controlling the funds if you feel that pressed to give. Uh, <laughs> and make sure you have it in the fund where it can't be touched by the parents, I would say. Yeah, I, I that's pretty much my take on it. Like, I feel like I mean, I'm not com- finna come after a little kid. First off, he's a little kid and he's very impressionable. He's being trained. Unfortunate. It's very unfortunate that he's growing up in an environment with people or a person that thinks that this is funny and ironic. Um, so I don't, you know, 
I'm not going to place that blame again on the kid. I do think, yo, it's messed up. Kids getting bullied is really a problem in the day of cyberbullying and me just kind of being around kids and seeing how that manifests itself. I feel like, you know, in our godly, we're old, but in our day, you know, the biggest <laughs> thing that can happen was like people might be talking around school. And so you kind of got to manage this. But now with like social media and the Internet, something that happens in your school will be known in like schools across the country, potentially, you know what I'm saying? And so it's mm -hmm. like all of these people or this, uh, this, uh, presumption of all of these people that are anti you or picking on you. And so that can be a thing. And I understand that, but I also think that in the same very way that she's like, other people need to check their children and not bully her child and be mindful of bullying. She should also make sure that she checks her child and say, Hey, look, I had you, Towed a Confederate flag in a photo. That is offensive. In the very same way that somebody picking on your appearance or picking on a, a, some sort of characteristic of you is hurtful to you, you having this symbol and and walking around with this symbol and putting that symbol in people's faces or treating a certain person a certain way that hurts their feelings. So in the same way that I want them to be sensitive to you, I also want you to be sensitive to them. So I apologize for bringing you into this and I apologize for whatever responses or consequences that you face out of that. Like you don't just want to scold the whole world because your child is getting picked on. Like scold yourself too, lady. You got yeah. some work that you could be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So y'all let us know what y'all think about my mimosas and OJ. Tell us what y'all think about Kevin Hart. Y'all think we're going too hard on him or y'all unfollowed him too? Let us know. Omarosa. I never followed him. <laughs> Omarosa, y'all don't even have to tell us what y'all think. We already know. Y'all are just know. like Angela. Because <laughs> I definitely <laughs> thought it was funny. From the moment I saw it, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Um, Keaton Jones, let us know what you think. What would you do in this situation? We'll be back with our main dish. All right, folks, we are back and it is time to get into this week's main dish. Uh, the main dish this week is it might be a lot because I feel like I, I'm, I'm trying not to go in on people, but I really just want to talk about people. I don't really want to go in. I just want to talk about. Them. So we know that this past week was a historic, historic uh, Senate race in the, for the state of Alabama. Um, we had way the, more. Yeah. Um, the Republican candidate and uh, a alleged pedophile Roy Moore and Doug Jones going for a Senate seat. Um, and uh, Alabama has traditionally been a red state. And so Doug Jones won huge. Yes. Huge crazy. Deal. Yeah. Really, really big thing. Um, thankfully there were, we have black women, black people, specifically black women to thank for that. Yeah. Black showed, Girl Magic. Yeah, Black Girl Magic really <laughs> saved the state of Alabama. Um, it was something Selma, like... Selma, how ironic. Yeah, it's something like 97% of uh, black women that voted... Were, well, 97% of black women in Alabama voted 
black women that voted in Alabama voted for Doug Jones um, and 92 percent of black men voted for uh, Jones. And I think the other number was something like, oh, yeah, 65 percent of white women and 75 percent of white men voted for uh, Roy Moore. And so we know for sure that black women, black people, specifically black women too, save the day. We, you know, tip our hats. We, we say again, thank you, black girls. Thank you, black girl magic. Thank you for saving like or, or putting forth the effort to for there be a tip, some sort of attempt for hope for our country. But in, in light of that, I was talking to a number of people and we kind of got on this subject of talking, discussing people that don't believe in voting and don't believe in uh, being politically or socially engaged in anything because they don't a see the purpose and b which is what i really want to talk about is this idea that you know i don't have faith in man or faith in the system i have faith in god and my faith in god and you know i know that god takes care of me i know that god is going to supply all my needs and um all of this is just a bunch of hoopla anyway. And so I used to think of that type of thought process as something that was really backwoods um, and really old. That is what you have old people say that have been around for forever. And it's just kind of been beaten down and given up. But what's interesting is it's not old people that are saying that. Um, I, In my experience, there are older people that are really the ones that are saying, no, you know, I got to know what's going on. I got to press this candidate. I got to figure out what they stand on and what I, why I support them. And I am going to get up and find a way to get to the polls to vote. And I feel like there are younger people, um, younger Southern people in, in, in this particular case that basically just kind of feel like, no, you know, at the end of the day, Jesus got my back. God has my back. God is going to take care of what I need to take care of. So I'm going to put my faith in him and not in some system. And because my faith is not in a system or, you know, not in people, then there's no need for me to be engaged. And that has been increasingly frustrating for me. Um, a frustrating reality because I feel like it's asinine and honestly, it gets us nowhere. Um, I feel like you aren't, you are a part of the problem. You're not even allowing for there to be a solution because we had a race that was so close that it was something like, was it like 1900 votes or am I confusing that with Atlanta? But it was a very, very close race in that if you had more people that had the same type of thought process that others have, which is I'm putting my faith in God and not a system, then we might have had a different outcome, just kind of how like our presidential election outcome was. So I kind of want to talk about that and, and, and dive into that. So what do you think about what's your experience with that? Do you know anybody that have had that and like what their justification has been for not wanting to be engaged? Yeah, it's, it's for, it's the, uh, feeling like most people do it because they say both parties are corrupt. So there's no need to side with either. So their, their choice is to opt out. And so, um, and then you have the extremes that say, you know, well, I'm going to leave it in the hands of God and I'm not going to do anything. Well, 
if something was happening at your child's school and uh, you wouldn't just pray about it, you probably go to the school and see what's going on and happening with your child. You would pray about it (laughs) if you're a person of faith, but you would also go and be proactive in the matter at their school. So I think that people, they, they're, they have a hard time if they're going to take the position. They're just going to pray and leave it in hands God that they leave all things that way. Usually they're active in other areas. So I think one of the ways we can point out that that um, that blind spot is to say, okay, well, if something happens to something, someone that's important to you in life and you have the ability to help and aid, even if you can't resolve it completely, you're going to intervene. You're going to pray, but you're going to intervene. Right. So it doesn't have to be either or it could be both. And and I think people sometimes have a problem with that both. And yeah, Um, they have to go from either or the the moderate space is a difficult space for many people. Oh, for a lot of people. So I, I, I completely agree that we don't understand how we are like multifunctional. We can do both. Like, as you always say, I can walk and chew gum at the same time. I do it all the time. I can walk, actually walk, chew gum and text. I can walk, chew gum, text, listen to music. I can walk, chew gum, text, listen to music and look at what's in front of me. I can walk, chew gum, text, look at what's in front of me, listen to music and press the button so that I can get on the elevator. Like there literally are a number of things that I can do. And I think that people get bogged down into this crazy idea that somehow if you're doing one thing that you're not doing the other and it's a problem one thing i do want to uh ask and i just kind of to me people that have that position i almost feel like there is a flaw in the training that they receive or their understanding about how god works god and man work right um Mm -hmm. i feel like it's this almost this understanding or this adoption that we are really just like puppets on a stage and Mm -hmm you know, God is doing some things. And so we might experience some bad based on this happening because this is all God doing it. Right. So like God is, if, if, if this person got into office, then that was God that got them into office. And then if they make a decision that harms me, then that was God doing that. And also simultaneously, I need to just really, really pray to God so that God can like consider me, but some kind of way he's not considered them. So for me, it's like, it's not, I feel like there's, there's a deeper problem. The deeper problem is like with all of your faith and all of your beliefs, you really miss kind of what's happening because what you're saying actually does not make any sense. Like, (laughs) I don't think that. I feel like there's, you know, if if I was a puppet on the stage, uh, on God's stage, um, and I don't believe that I am, but if I were, I think that he has so many ways to teach me things by just taking somebody that is, you know, divisive and, and, and causing issues amongst a group of people and say like, hey, you know, I'm going to thrust him in there so that you and all of these other millions of people can learn a lesson and he just never learns a lesson. Like, I don't think that's God, yo. Like that. So I feel like I say that to say that I feel like there's a, there's a, a larger issue that that's at play and like kind of, how do we tackle? Like, what do you think about tackling that? And like how we should approach that? Because you, you know, my approach is usually like you stupid, you dumb. <laughs> Honestly, like <laughs> I might be able to, you know, Maybe like the first 
time or two, I'll be able to have a conversation and try to like offer you some examples to see how like what you're saying is inconsistent or, you know, you might do think it you practice out and act out and oppose other things, you know, in your real life. And you just somehow seem to not be able to do this with that. But then after that, I'm just like, okay, so you dumb. <laughs> and so when you have a problem about anything, literally you could have a problem about there being potholes on your street. And then I'll be like, oh, well, you actually want them because you believe that God is just going to fix it. Pray to God. Like, go call, go call God and tell him to fix this. Oh, you stubbed your toe? Pray to God. Ask God to move this next time or to show you. Like, because it's like, you, you stop with this whole, it's just kind of stupid. <laughs> like, I think this is what it is. Like, it really is not productive. So I think it speaks to a bigger problem. And I don't know, how should how do we tackle that problem? But I think you 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 hinted to a good point that it does speak to a larger problem of how you see God and how you see how he works in the world. So I think instead of a lot of times we have to pull back once we realize there's an overarching issue from this issue and say, okay, let's stop looking at this tree and let's look at the forest. Right. How do you see this whole forest? What do what are your thoughts about how God deals with humanity in this world and maybe get them to start thinking about that and then once they start thinking through that then maybe get back to how they think about politics and the system and how they're to engage the system but like you said there's a larger problem that has to be addressed before you can even get them to change their mind on the system right because they think that it's God is um, just doing what he does and they have no part in it at all. Right. And it can be God is doing what he does, but you're a part of what he does and you have to be actively engaged and he gives you free will in that part free and he responds will. to your free will. Say that word again. Free will. Free will. Let's all say it together. Free will. <laughs> I just, I can't. <laughs> That'd be like, well, there are certain things in, in this earth you can't control. Correct. But I can have free will in, and with still not fine. be able to control it. <laughs> Here we go. I could, I could place, I always think of it like this. If I put a child in a playground, but there is a fence around the playground, I give that child free will within the confines of that playground. You can play with whatever you want in the confines. You can't go outside of this. But you have free will inside of this. Inside of this. don't understand that you can have free will with confines. And it's it's, it's like, it's such an interesting thing because I feel like it's like not that tough of a convert, like uh, an idea to grasp. Like it doesn't, it's really not that, it's not that hard, but I feel like people really struggle with it. But to me, then that comes across in that sense. That's when I'm like, yo, it's really lazy in terms of critical thinking, your ability to critically critically think about something becomes extremely lazy in that. And this, these are for people that are believers, right? Like if you are not a believer, then of course we, we have different, we'll have a completely different conversation of trying to understand, but somebody that is a believer that is always chucking everything that is, you know, positive and negative and typically how it works out is everything that is positive is God. Everything that is negative is the, is the devil, which to me is, it's just lazy. It's super <laughs> lazy. Cause it's kind of like, you know what? Uh, my car broke down. The devil is busy. And then you'd be like, Oh, when's the last time you got an oil change? Oh, I haven't gotten it since I got the car. I had the car for three years. That is not the devil. That's you. 
you are the devil. Oh, That's laziness. Right. My tire went flat. Oh, when's the last time you got new tires? Oh, like five years ago. You are the devil. It is not the devil. He doesn't stop giving him that much credit. He doesn't care. He's not thinking about you. Like he's off doing something else. He's probably on vacation somewhere. Like he is not thinking about you. Everything wrong in your life is not just because, you know, there's some other external force that is just out to get you. Sometimes you may be out to get yourself. Sometimes you might not be doing the things that you need to do. Um, So in saying all of that, though, I kind of, and you know, you can tell me how you feel about it. I feel like what we should be doing, and, and I, I say we as people that are believers and people that are connected to other people, is challenging those types of thoughts in the church, outside of the church, as we have conversations with people. When we hear people say kind of those stupid things to kind of, I personally do this with like people that I'm close to. Um, when I hear those kind of statements, I'm always like, oh, word, like, so, 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 so what, what about this? Or how did you get there? So did you make the choice or again, your tires are flat. What was the last time you had new tires five years ago? Okay. So that's not, <laughs> that's not God trying to teach you a lesson, right? That's not God trying to show you that, you know, you need to buy good year tires instead of the off brand. Like, no, that is literally, you just didn't do what you were supposed to do. And so that happened and you kind of just have to like bear the consequences. So like, do you think that these are conversations because technically, I mean, not technically, realistically, it'll take a long time for us to actually get people to that point of seeing it because a lot of people, People don't realize how connected everything is. Everybody thinks about stuff. It's kind of like this this vacuum. So nobody, it'll be tough, I believe, for somebody to see how me kind of being lazy in my approach of understanding of, you know, my faith kind of plays into like why we have a, a horrible or how I'm a part of the problem in not being politically engaged. So is that something that, I should be getting or those people should be getting from from church or should they be getting it from, you know, us in podcast space? Should the media be challenging them? Like, where do people get this from? I think they should get it from all spaces. Honestly, I think the the church has a responsibility to uh, to preach about social justice because social justice is in the Bible. (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) God forbid it was actually in the Bible. <laughs> Look out for the widows and orphans. That's true religion. According My to God. My God today. <laughs> so I think if if we crack open the Bible uh, and read just the whole thing, not just our favorite parts, then we might see it there. And that might provoke us to be engaged. Um, because if we're committed to taking care of the widows and the orphans, that's a that's also affected by politics. So you have to be engaged in order to even, for me, from my perspective, live that out fully. Um, talking about the least of these and those on the margins, Jesus talks a lot about that. Old Testament prophets talks a lot about how they treated the poor and had unbalanced scales and how God was against that. So if I feel like you would get it if you read the book completely um, just naturally but I think that people don't think about it that way um, most people read 
and that make them happy and encourage them. Um, and so I think a church that really goes through the whole book, they will preach social justice and engagement, and that will lead to political engagement, I believe. Now, I think you are going to get it from the podcast space, of course, and you're going to get it from the um, the TV and CNN and um, Fox News. God forbid. Gee, uh, <laughs> <laughs> workers. Yeah. ABC News, you know, all those news outlets, you're going to get that. But I think, you know, if you're a strong faith person, I think it's a misunderstanding of faith to not be engaged because faith without works dead yeah pretty much so uh, I just I, I I don't see how you could have that position and not be really engaging and, and, and taking seriously all of God's word I, I don't know yeah I think that I, I what you said really too convicts me a lot because I feel like um I don't want to say it convicts me, but it hits me a lot in terms of uh, race relations with people. I, I watched a video of somebody that was saying that, you know, calling people out that are racist or having, you know, racial conversations or conversations about uh, police brutality or just kind of like the mistreatment of somebody based on their race is missing the mark. And that, you know, we are here to bring people to, to to Christ and that all of us are brothers and sisters in Christ. And we should be focused on that and we should stop thinking about ways to call somebody out and to create like additional confusion and, and negativity. And while I say this only to say that now I know that this is complete bull, like. So I'm not even asking, do you think that that's bull? I'm not even saying like, oh, this is something that needs to be considered. That's a very like ignorant, uneducated and not from the standpoint of like textbook education. That's just from the standpoint of like understanding history, figuring out how we got here, literally physically how we got here um, to, to this this continent. Uh thinking about how things have happened and not even analyzing, just being aware of what happened and realizing that, you know what? I believe that God was present for all of those things and, and around for all of those things. And at the same time, all of these things happen. So it is extremely ignorant, dumb, stupid, lazy to tell me that having a conversation that challenges us, a, a person and an idea is, pointless because i'm not bringing them to god in that moment like that's actually really really stupid so i i get that and i understand that but i feel like for a number of people that is like their reality and i don't know like how to engage those people um i usually don't engage those people for me for the sake of being fr not being frustrated not cursing them completely out and probably <laughs> making them think that I'm really a hellion. Um, I just kind of like disengage altogether. And I'm just like, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm not going to have that conversation with you because to me, it just doesn't make sense. And you are so lazy in your ability to think about something other than just like, oh, well, all you got to do is this, that to me is, it would be a wasted conversation. So like, what, what do we do? Like, how do I deal with those folks? 
<laughs> when the, especially when they're black. That's here's the other thing. I'm sorry. I f- <laughs> I I I, <laughs> I almost expect it to come from somebody that is not the person even if if it's not just like a black and white thing like let's say if it's just a a, you know a person of another another uh uh, ethnic background like when it's coming from people for me i i will almost engage a white person that says that more and i'm more likely to engage a white person that says that than a black person that says that because i'm so like frustrated but also disappointed and also realizing that you probably have said the same dumb ish to somebody else outside of the community. And that's probably <laughs> why they too believe like that is not a thing because you're like, Oh no, it's just about Jesus. And every time I see you, I should be bringing you to God and like not realizing that I could do both. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I can have a dual conversation. And so like, what am I supposed to do with those people? Yeah, and it's interesting you said that because sometimes the way you treat people on the margins actually is an aid to you sharing Christ to them. Uh, but you have to do the work to be there and to feed and clothe to lead them to that space. Um, I think that you have to know where people are because I think a, a lot of my growth and development as a believer or a Christian happened over time. And I said a lot of ignorant stuff early on. There's mm-hmm. some stuff I see when I go to my Facebook memories and I just delete that because I'd be like, man, I don't want nobody to ever see that junk because that was so ignorant. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so I think, you know, acknowledge that people are on different levels of growth and people are really trying their best to hold on to what they think is true. So I think that one of the things that I have adopted when I have to have difficult conversations with people, so I won't. And this came because I used to have to have conversations with a friend, not about this, but just about other things. And I felt like it was just always made me so angry that I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I just can't even talk to you anymore because it just makes me so angry that I feel like I lose control. So I was like, hey, can we can I just. If if, even before I engage them, I started actually one time I asked, could we pray before we start the conversation? Because I felt like I just wanted to cuss them out, like from the gate. I was like, before we even start what I'm about to say, can we just pray? Can we just invite God in? Before I slap the piss out of you, let me call. (laughs) And, you know, it, it didn't go as bad as it could have. Because I started on a good note, but I, <laughs> but usually if I can't do that, I just try to pray before or in my head while I'm engaging, like, God, give me wisdom because this person obviously sees things like we're all blind to certain things about ourselves and we all need other people to point it out in us. And depending on the person and where they are in their level of growth, they may not be open and you just might be like, you have to know when, you know what? I can't talk to you no more about this because I keep I'm going to frustrate myself and I'm going to be the knock you out. And they're going to be like, how y'all got in a fight over Jesus? Yeah, I just right? I told you, you slapped him in the name of the father, the son and the Holy Ghost. And so I just, you know, I feel like, hey, I got to the point where I got got to disengage. But some people you will get further and they can see, OK, I can point out the 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 fallacies in your argument. 
and show you like, hey, you're not disengaged, you're disengaged in this area, but you wouldn't be just like the example of a parent and child in the trouble at school. You wouldn't just pray about it. You would go see what's going on with your child. A good parent would at the school. So why are you just disengaged in this area? Why are you not active in this area if you're leaving it up to God? Because there are other areas in your life and you can point out examples that they don't and then get them to see the inconsistencies with that. But some people, you know, you win some, you lose some. Some people you got to say, you know, may the Lord watch between me and the while we're absent from one another. <laughs> I wish you the best. <laughs> uh, we can't talk. We can talk. Just we can't talk about this. Because uh, <laughs> I'm going to end up poor. I'm going to end up punching you. But sometimes you just have to, you know, and I pray that, you know, you see the light. But, you know, I'm not going I'm not going to wish light upon you, but sometimes you really, I have to, you have to really, before you knock somebody out, before you curse somebody out, you really just have to lay, let me get less two minutes to go talk to God before I curse you out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I promise you it's going to benefit both of us. (laughs) (laughs) I just, yeah, I don't. I found it to be really um, just kind of be discouraging in that I see young people say feel this way. Right. Like I said, I think I've always thought that this was this was an older mentality and mindset. And I found that there's so many people that are older that kind of engage in that way. And so you have people think they really just don't want to be a part of the a part of it at the core. And they're just using it as a mask because some people throw up a whole bunch of spiritual reasons. It really don't got nothing to do with God. It's they don't want to and that definitely that definitely could be the case um i think if you start if i start to consider like how they are in other areas of their life and it might be like oh you're probably just saying that but i think it's just to me even it's it's still lazy because i i guess i feel like i wish that there was such a there was such a standard of political engagement and social engagement from a faith-based perspective that like that is the norm right so it's the norm for like you can't even use that argument because it is the norm for you or for us to expect that people that um are connected to a a, a faith-based and a, a faith-based community that that's what we do like you know what i'm saying we fight for justice we 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 unify we lift our voices we press people, we engage our local officials and we press upon them that, yo, their powers and numbers, we have these large numbers. And so if you are, are not here, you aren't out here keeping your promises or advocating or working for us in our community, then we are going to, you know, make sure that this is the last time, the last stint that you have in office and that the next person that comes along that is willing to do that and that will talk to us and work with us We'll do it. I think that to me, it it gets frustrating because it's it is a it's something that's really hard to argue. Right. It's it's kind of hard to argue with a person to go toe to toe with somebody that doesn't want to do that. Um, That just kind of wants to be like, oh, well, you know, we're all God's children. It's like, well, I never say that we weren't like, (laughs) and you know, this idea that some kind of way, because I'm telling this person that they are wrong for mistreating or supporting somebody that mistreats 
a person of another community that some kind of way I'm also anti-guy um, because I'm saying like, oh, well, I actually want to be open to, you know, this person being able to live their life and there being people that actually want to support them and their their choices whether those choices are right, wrong, and indifferent, you have the ability to choose. They should have the ability to choose. I don't really know if I don't get how we get to a place of that just being anti-God. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, that mm-hmm. becomes like the frustrating part. And it's frustrating because I'm talking to peers and I'm talking to people that are, you know, in our age group. That's like, but I thought we got it. <laughs> like I thought mm-hmm. we, we got it. It's it's crazy because it's such a denial of history. Like just look at the civil rights movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the SCLC, yeah, <laughs> MLK. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you, you miss. That's why I say it's lazy. It's it's extremely lazy. Like there's a whole. You don't like you just missed everything. You literally learned a scripture, or two or three, and in the one particular example, they use like three scriptures, and I swear the two of the scriptures that they use had nothing to do with, with the point that they were making. But I was like, I mean, but I guess you learned it. Like <laughs> you're going to get a sticker from like Sunday school. Cause you, you learned that scripture though. You know, the scripture, you got it, but yeah, don't know the verses before or after. Right. That, that Application is just a whole context. other thing. Like, you know, <laughs> you can't apply for nothing, but you got it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, y'all hit us up and let us know what y'all think about, um, people that have a problem uh, with engaging in in the political system and the social system because they rely on God. This idea of God being against the system, God versus the system. Like y'all hit us up. Let us know what y'all think. Let us know really how you guys engage and interact with those people today. That's what I really want to know. I'm asking because I truthfully want to know how that happens because I find, you know, myself, Especially when it's us. I find myself completely shutting down and disengaging and being like, all right, I'm good. I don't even want to have this conversation with you because you're dumb. Again. So hit us up. Use the hashtag ChatBC. Hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture. And we'll be back for our Toaster Roast. And we're back with our toast or rose today. I'm going to toast Keisha Lance Bottoms, um, the new mayor of Atlanta. I am so excited. I don't live in Atlanta, but I was hyped for them. I feel like this is a season where we're hyped for uh, elections that don't even affect us. Right. Uh, <laughs> we never cared about who won Alabama Senate. <laughs> I felt like we was just voting for the president all over again. Oh, everybody. We out here trying to take wins where we can. We feel like that that was the biggest loss. So whenever we can get a win, like we all like, no, you better vote. I literally woke up that morning and text my friends that I know from Alabama, like, yo, tell your family, make sure you tell your grandma, make sure your, your granddaddy got a ride to go vote. And I'm I'm not even from Alabama. Yeah. And I, I felt like it was the same with Keisha Lance Bottoms because all the celebrities were there supporting they were on social media your boy Tyrese was was there yeah and he was standing behind her I felt some type of way about that I was like now is he your friend because if he your friend I don't know if I can give you all my support (laughs) 
Like, I just, that really bothered me. Like, I saw him posting about her, and I was like, that's fine, you know. But when I saw him standing behind her at that celebration, I was like, I hope he not having no say in the decision-making process in Atlanta. Because this some instability happening. So, yeah, he was posted, I guess, he was like, him and Keisha, cool. I don't know. That's one friend you need to let go, Keisha. I don't know you. I know you don't know me, but I feel like Tyrese is not really helpful to the city of Atlanta uh, because his thought process isn't isn't quite there, but... (laughs) You know, I saw her in her interview. They had a song for her, and they were like, "Atlanta got a black mayor named Keisha." Um, her husband is actually an executive, um, for Home Depot. He's an attorney as well. Both of them are attorneys, so they are, uh, black couple magic. I don't even know if that's a thing, but it's a thing, thing right cool. now. The <laughs> thing. I don't want to say relationship goals because I don't know them. I only do relationship goals for people I know, but. <laughs> Shout out to you, <laughs> Keisha Lance Bottoms. Uh, congratulations, Black Girl Magic. You are doing a dang thing, and I hope to see you one day. When I'm in, I'm in Atlanta a lot next year on my itinerary, so maybe I'll see her on one of my trips uh, to ATL. Bet. Um, so I am going to do a toast. Um, it's a toast. It's a, a, a toast to something that is really dope and great and amazing, but it also is kind of sad. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard this past week. It came out that News One now is officially canceling. I'm sorry. Uh, TV One is officially canceling News One now, which is Man, the, so yeah, the daily news show that is hosted by Roland Martin. It's been coming on for about four years and it is our it is our uh source for black news for news things that are going on and it's black thought and black perspective and so there's so many people that we see um angela rye started on news one now um started you know that was where she came on and we start seeing her on the television screen doing her political commentation commentating and now you know she kind of blew up and that's happened for so many other people too that come to news one now and share their thoughts and start the whole political commentating thing and then they go off to do things for other networks and and you know start their brands and i'm really sad to see uh news one now go but i definitely want to toast to roland martin and toast to news one and and what he's been able to do there honestly you know there are certain things about roland martin that i would be like oh this is frustrating i hate when he does this i hate when he doesn't let people talk i hate when he over talks people but one thing that i definitely appreciate is his ability you know as a journalist to really come with a lot of historical facts and make sure that we are equipped um with knowledge additional knowledge about a story and you know it's not just talking about it from a headline perspective, but bringing people on that are experts in a certain area um, and having them talk about their their experience and what they, the work that they're doing and how that affects certain situations and all the situations that happen now. And just really just kind of being that that go to stop in place for black people. And I love it. And I've been watching, you know, for four years. I remember working at my old job and 
changing my schedule so that I can uh, make sure that I, I caught it in the morning time and then buying DVR simply so that I could record News One Now and come home in the afternoon and like watch it and stay up to date with it. And then when a the podcast came, I listened to the podcast. So I just want to toast to Roland Martin, toast to News One Now. I think that we don't really understand now since we have it. Once that space is gone, we don't really I feel like that's when we'll really feel the weight of what it means to not have that show anymore. Um, I use the example that a lot of people get when Wendy Williams made her comments, her ignorant comments about uh, HBCUs. It wasn't until Roland Martin kind of roasted her on his show that went viral that she actually and then then there started to be like a public backlash against her and then she lost a sponsorship and that's when she apologized so just imagine if we didn't have you know news one now her saying that nobody else was uh, was affected by it nobody else said anything in a public visual platform a daily platform that had like a, a large following like that so had roland martin not have had that platform you might have people out here saying stupid stuff and nobody's calling them out so I just say toast to them. Um, I really hope that News One Now comes back. I hope that they find funding or a way to kind of do it at a at a, a, a different level and so that it's still there. I know that um, I've heard people talk about it coming back in a radio format and a podcast format, which is great. And, uh, you know, of course we do podcasts. So I love what we do and I love this medium. But I think it also is different to have a visual component because a lot of people prefer being able to sit and watch something and to see the whole thing to see and hear as opposed to just hearing but if we can only get a podcast or audio version i definitely hope that we still do i want to say to all podcasters out there too like this really amps up our roles as uh people that are bringing topics to the black space that are talking about things that we care about i think that this pushes us to be you know find out ways to to get those little known stories and little known things that are talked about and make sure that we're putting it out and we're we're dissecting those things so that people can know that we can know i feel like in in more more than ever we have things that with net neutrality and we have an administration and a president that seems to not be so fond of anything that is against him and being held accountable so we have to make sure that we're talking about these things diving into these things and holding people accountable so I know that was really long, but toast to Roland Martin, toast to News One Now, and we got work to do, y'all. Yes, we do. We do. Y'all, we're going to leave y'all with today's good vibe. Today's good vibe is, yes, love yourself, but also analyze and be critical of how you think, act, and behave. Self-love without self-awareness is useless. Be accountable. Yes. Because okay. I, you know, I think it's important that we love ourselves but hey, if you're self jacked up, correct yourself too. Hey, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Love has correction embodied in it. So be self correct, be accountable, ask people what your blind spots are and, and correct them. Yeah. So thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. As always, you can catch all our past episodes at www.brunchculturebc.com. All our past episodes are there. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio. We are literally everywhere. Um, so subscribe, 
rate. That helps us out tremendously. Follow us on Twitter at Brunch Culture, on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture, on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Brunch Culture. We're so excited to still be with you and still be rocking with you. And y'all still tell us that y'all enjoy the show and listen. We really, 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 really appreciate it. Remember, hashtag ChatBC on all platforms, and we would love to engage with you. And remember, here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.